The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Two soldiers in England came out of a bar and they were so washed out, they didn't know where they were. They came upon a highly decorated general and asked him, Hey bloke, do you know where we are? He seeing the disrespect says, Do you know who I am? The two soldiers looked at each other and said, Boy, now we're in trouble. We don't know where we are, and he doesn't know who he is. I'd have to say, this is the same thing we face right now in the church. The pulpits and many pastors don't know who they are, and therefore we don't know where we are. We have in our nation... And in the church, a situation is very difficult. Difficult in recognizing the teachings that must be taught with a moral courage that is willing to risk reputation. 
If you're not willing to lose your sacred honor, you're not lead, you're not willing to allow the truth to manifest when you know it. Because you might think something may, or rather you might think someone may think badly of you. They may talk behind your back. It might risk your reputation. Then you have no moral courage. If you have no moral courage, you won't have any direction. You won't know where you are. You won't know who you am. God is I am. And if you're to be part of that, you understand to walk with God is to walk with truth. We see in our nation many pastors from the pulpit giving bad advice. And sometimes through their silence, not giving any advice. God is love. God is good. Everything's great for us. And that's all we get. We've got to start speaking out. We've got to start telling the truth, even when it hurts, if we ever hope to convict anybody. A California pastor named John MacArthur in a writing or a homily said, right, entitled, Right Thinking in a, in a World Gone Wrong, gives this advice. It's erred. It's not correct. But he says, The Apostle Paul lived in a day under Roman control and dominion in which the Christians were viewed with suspicion and often greeted with persecutions and suffering. Yet the right response was not retaliation, but deference and compliance. That's not what I understand Christian to be. Deference and compliance. There's never a time we question the government. We just go along with deference. Pastor Mark Arthur goes on and says, Paul established the fundamental principle. As Christians, we are to obey our civil authorities no matter whom they may be. Believers have a God-given duty to submit to the government even when the ruler is a wicked Nero. Really? Uh, that's not my Bible. That's not what I know. Yes, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. The minute government crosses over natural law, you have no obligation, and in fact you have obligation to defy it. Not ignore it, not to comply falsely with it, not to be in deference with it, but to defy it. It's your obligation. It's your moral courage. You have to stand up to lose life, liberty, reputation. To do so, another pastor, Chuck Baldwin, I think he's a pastor, says this, The story of God's people from the beginning of time is a story of people who refuse to submit to tyrannical unjust laws, and to choose to obey God rather than man. And that's what Paul did. And that's what John did. And that's what Peter did. That's what the early Christians did. So don't fall for this lie. Well, we just got to go along with it. We just got to accept it. Because all authority is from God. It's true. 
Tyrannical authority is from God because he allows it, because we choose it. We choose it when we give up, when we continue to sin, thereby we lose liberty. You want liberty? Live the commandments. You want freedom? Live God's statutes. You, are, you want things to go your way? Be in a life of prayer. Change and amend your life. Our lady said, change the direction of your life. Chuck Bowen goes on and says, Obey God rather than man, yet modern America pastors refuse to resist. Pulpits, it is time to resist. It's time to stand up. To do the right thing at all costs, even one's life. But that's easy, easy to give. We can say, well, I'll die for you, God. Oh, that's not a big deal to God. He sent his son to die for you. You're not up in God. But try to live in life dying every day as a martyr. That impressed God. The big grand finale would be much easier when you have to be asked to give your life. So he continues to say, pastors refuse to resist. They choose to sheepishly comply with the unjust laws of evil, wicked men. And they refuse to be the courageous shepherds to their people. There is no more time left. There is no more compliance and play Clayton and going along with what's being presented to us. It's time to resist. Just study the history of guns. A lot of talk is always everywhere right now in the news and the media and the people and the schools. and Everybody's talking about guns and gun controls. Why they should be confiscated, why they shouldn't be. You need to study the history of guns. You don't have to go back thousands of years because they didn't exist. You don't have to even go 200 years. You just go back the last 100 years. The history of guns can tell you which side of the fence you need to be on. But what they did with it. Stalin took the guns. Hitler took the guns. Mayo took the, Mayo took the guns. Idi Amin took the guns. He killed his people and then eat them right there in front of everybody. Popat took the guns. All the monsters of the 20th century took the guns. What should that tell you about the debate on which side you're on? Why do they want to take your guns? Because we live on an untyrannical, or rather a tyrannical, unjust, lawed government. We need government. Government can be good. Our forefathers established that for our greater good. I'm not anti-government. I'm not denouncing government. The structure of the church has government. I met with the ambassador of the Vatican. <clears throat> or rather, not the ambassador, but the... Um, can you think of his title? He, he's the president of the Vatican for the, for the nation. We walked to the Pope's garden together. The Vatican has it and it needs that. He administrates the country of the Vatican. So in no way am I advocating that. But when things go tyrannical, when you have, as the Denver Post reported February 15, 2013, that Homeland Security aims to buy 1.6 billion rounds of ammo when they're not even a, a military force, that should shoot up red flags. And then they want to take your guns, but they want their guns. But what when they order also many, many, well, it was actually 7,000 
fully automatic rifles as their personal defense. From what? Because when you're tyrannical and you come over a free people and you try to do something to them, they're going to react. It's reported that another bizarre purchase of the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, has been recently made with $2 million worth of a line called No More Hesitation. Targets. These targets are of a pregnant woman, an older man with a shotgun, an older woman with a gun, a young school-age girl, a young mother on a playground with a little boy with a real gun. According to the supplier, these targets are designed to give officers the experience of dealing with deadly force shooting scenarios with subjects that are not the norm during training. The targets are meant to help the transition of officers who are faced with these highly unusual targets for the first time. What we are seeing is that at the same time the federal government is feverishly trying to pass legislation to disarm American citizens, the same government is also feverishly aiming to the teeth for domestic warfare. What is the federal government preparing for? And what are we preparing for from the pulpit? And what are we preparing for as a people? Where are we going? Who am I? Do you know where you are? you got to read. you got to be studying. You can't get your news sources from the news, the media, the newspapers. you got to go to the people who's coming up with the original thought. That's what we do here. Based in Scripture, based in the message. Based in why is our lady coming for 31 years? I don't know how many times it needs to be said. It's not for a cupcake, cupcake party. Measure those 31 years with that getting targets of pregnant women and shooting them with guns so they can be desynthesized and trained how you may have to do that, be ready to do that to American citizens. Because you can parallel that with the, the 2,700 or 2,500 mind-proof personnel carriers for American streets. And don't let me get your blood pressure up. Don't let me say, okay, this is mad, because there was one, one reason for this loss of liberty is me, myself, and I. All of us have to say that. Until we're willing to live God's statutes, until we're willing to pray our three hours a day, until we're willing to fast and pray and do what they ask for us, change our life, then this is our inheritance. Because when God goes away, so does liberty, because it's from the liberator. This comes from the monthly publication Prophetic Observer from an article entitled, What Will America Be Like After a Thorough Christian Cleansing? It's the conflict of the ages resurfacing in America with a vengeance. The hedge of protection has been taken down. Prayerlessness and worldliness have become the norm for many comfort-loving Christians. Too many pulpits refuse to address the really important issues and therefore, the churches have ceased to be the conscience of the nation. Recently, 500,000 pro-lifers met 20 pro-abortionists. The former carried a banner emblazoned with the words, Every abortion clinic should have a sign over the door saying, This clinic is opened by permission of the Christian churches in this area. 
Do we dare blame the evils of Christian cleansing on the lateness of the eschatological hour? Or do we blame it on the indolence and timidity of the contemporary Christian community? The struggle is real and can be seen in colleges and universities, the media, and certainly in local, state, and federal governments. Yet this is not surprising. In any conflict of the gods, one must dominate the other. Is such an assertion totally out of place and misguided? What then will America be like after a thorough Christian cleansing? The Nuremberg War Crimes Trials from 1945 to 1949 shows the ugly results of taking ultimate authority away from God and viewing it as residing in man. At the trials, an important question repeatedly resurfaced. Were Hitler's henchmen really guilty of any crimes? They performed their dastardly work under the protection of their own legal system and could not be accused of murder because personhood had been redefined to exclude Jews and other undesirables. On February 12, 1998, William Provine, a professor in the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology at the prestigious Cornell University, spoke on the campus of the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. He had been asked to deliver the keynote address at the second annual Darwin Day. Provine gives us a frank preview of the conditions that will prevail in America in the absence of Christian influence. The summary abstract of his presentation reads as follows. Naturalistic evolution has clear consequences. Number one, there is no God worth having. Number two, no life after death. Number three, no ultimate foundation for ethics. Number four, no ultimate meaning in life. And number five, no human free will. Comments by such high-profile atheists provide an excellent springboard from which to extrapolate the final results of Christian cleansing. Atheists love to argue that you don't need God to have an ethical system. But honest atheists who consistently follow their belief system know that is not true. A society that has no abiding belief in the creator God of the Bible, the need for redemption, and the guarantee of future existence of either retribution or reward, must only be ruled by those animal impulses which are strongest, most natural, and which will therefore be judged to be the most legitimate. It will be a dog-eat-dog society where the law of the jungle prevails. Is that an overstatement? Consider the following. Jeffrey Dahmer has the unenviable distinction of being one of the most notorious serial, serial killers in modern history. He murdered 17 individuals, dismembered them, stored human body parts in his apartment, and cannibalized his victims. He was sentenced to serve 900 years in prison. But shortly after incarceration, he was murdered by another inmate. Did Dahmer's belief system have anything to do with his barbarous actions? Does he credit his acts to that system, a system that denies human accountability? In 1994, Stone Phillips interviewed Dahmer and his father, Lionel, for NBC's Dateline. In the interview, Stone Phillips asked Lionel, You feel that the absence, at least for a while, of a strong religious faith and belief 
may have prevented you from instilling some of the sense of personal accountability in Jeff? Lionel responded, That's right. Phillips then turned to Jeffrey and asked, Is that how you feel? Jeffrey responded to Phillips' question, Yes, I think that had a big part to do with it. If a person doesn't think that there is a God to be accountable to, then what's the point of trying to modify your behavior to keep it within acceptable ranges? That's how I thought, anyway. As the interview progressed, Dahmer attributed his gruesome and horrifying crimes to his belief system. He said that he believed that evolution is true, that humans arose from primordial slime, and that there is no personal accountability inherent in the theory of evolution. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was a Russian writer and dissident who helped raise global awareness of the Gulag and the Soviet Union's forced labor camp system from 1918 to 1956. Solzhenitsyn's chilling words remind us of what happens when man becomes the final authority. He said, Over a half century ago, while I was still a child, I recall hearing a number of old people offer the following explanation for the great disasters that had befallen Russia. Men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. Since then, I have spent well nigh 50 years working on the history of our revolution. In the process, I have read hundreds of books, collected hundreds of personal testimonies, and have already contributed eight volumes of my own toward the effort of clearing away the rubble left by that upheaval. But if I were asked today to formulate as concisely as possible the main cause of the ruinous revolution that swallowed up some 60 million of our people, I could not put it more accurately than to repeat, men have forgotten God. That's why all this happened. What will America be like if Christianity is cleansed from the land? The land of the free and the home of the brave will be a moral wasteland, a prison nation of men and women, boys and girls. Gone will be compassion for people, love for God and country, and love for family and those with special needs. Coercive Paternalism, Big Brother Knows Best, will wage war on freedom of choice. Human creativity and hope for a better future will be but hazy recollections of a bygone era. America will resemble the Babylon of Revelation 18.2, the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. These hateful birds will be roosting in the halls of academia, and chirping their noxious tunes in the United States Congress. Washing your hands before eating is a good thing. Restrooms and other public facilities are now featuring hand sanitizers to make sure you have clean hands. But Christian cleansing is one kind of cleansing that will have no good results. Psalm 71 Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength into this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. The absence, of God, <coughs> the absence of God in society results in the absence of God. It's just that clear. They forgot God, 60 million people were killed. You don't know where you are. And if you don't know who you are, the shepherd then we're lost but God always corrects he always brings his people back to him but it's not a pleasant thing to happen
And so we have to stand up for moral courage. We have to risk everything to stand up because we have no other choice. We'll be beat down because of it if we don't. It's better to fall, better to die for that than to wait for it to come and visit us in a way that we have no measure of reversing it. And we're close there. Your only solution is in they fire the first shot. I'm not overstepping prayer, fasting, but that's got to result in action. Your battle plan, your steps to take is in they fired the first shot 2012. We're not not saying this to sell the book. We're saying it because that's the answer. 31 years of apparitions, it's led us to this. It's the solution that he's given to us through the means of legal authority. And you can take it and you can enact it. And for those who already know it, what are you doing every day to bring this to fruition? Every county across the United States of America, that the rest of the world would have hope they can do the same in their countries. Frank? Well, this is it. And um, except for the cause of liberty, life makes no sense for the Christian today, except for the cause of freedom. And for all Americans, this is what we're called to do for the world, because God wants it, God desires it, and God demands that his people will be free. And there is no greater resource on earth than they fired the first shot. This has the glorious answer. But also the other, the other four writings are still very relevant. They're all liberating, and they're to liberate the world. And uh, as far as our ministry goes, it ain't going to happen. It's tremendously important today. As the gold from the Western vaults, continues to be emptied and moved into eastern vaults. And people don't understand what's going on, but Our Lady understands what's going on. And she came for this purpose to show us the way out. And all five major writings are the way out. And they fired the first shot is very specific, and it's... uh, you know, very much something that we can put into place. It's easy. And it's not hard to figure out. You just have to read it, and you have to do something about it. Evil is not resting. They're not taking any breaks. We can't be taking any breaks. We all have to live for liberty, as our founding fathers did, and as is appropriate to the dignity of Christians. Um, as far as it ain't going to happen goes, we will never understand how, how how important this is. But you take advantage of this price of silver, the most undervalued asset on the planet, and I mean miraculous metal, silver rounds, for liberty's sake, and understand that this is way more than what we think it is, and, and to take advantage of it, and to act on these uh, two books particularly, It ain't going to happen. They fired the first shot. And then, of course, the most important thing we can do as we're getting closer is to be with Our Lady July 1st through the 5th because we, our family and myself, experience clarity at Caritas better than any place else. And uh, you're in the light when you're with Our Lady, and you'll be enlightened, and it is a 
it'll be a glorious time. The um, state and the condition we're in, it's amazing how we have this thing that the psychological um, term that they use now is normalcy bias. We've talked about this. That we're really still clinging to this idea where this is our escape. It's not. It's over. Everything is past. That you have to act. You can't wait any longer. So some people get nervous when they hear mesonomics because it is about economic collapse. And there's no way to pay things back. That's not going to happen. That's why the book was titled It Ain't Going to Happen. And that details everything that's happening right now. Britain almost now headed two or three years ago. So our solutions are, are coming only through the messages because things are so complex. We wouldn't even get them from the scriptures. Not that we couldn't get it if we were in prayer. Our lady had to get us in enough prayer to see the scriptures. She told us on the 10th anniversary, go to sacred scriptures to see the reasons for my coming. So we're in, we're in boiling water right now. Are we going to remain in it? Are we going to jump out scarred, burn some? It's just your choice. Frank, what's your contact information? You can call us uh, toll-free at 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors.com. And we also have general information on our webpage, and that's globalsilverinvestors.com. And for those who uh, are are new to our mission or have just even been with us for a few years, uh, there's much philosophy that has developed over the years with a friend of Medjugorje and his study and living of the messages. We have four to 500 writings of, of his over the last 25 years. And each and every one of them are important to build your own understanding of what is going on in, in our world today and the future that we're heading towards, a future of hope that Our Lady has said. So we invite you to um, peruse on medj.com. There are many of our, those writings that are downloadable, as well as contacting Caritas of Birmingham, either by phone, 205-672-2000, or our mailing address, 100 Our Lady Queen of Peace Drive, Starrett, Alabama, 35147, and uh, get a copy of their, the available writings and begin reading and rereading these, these writings because there's much to understand in even rereading them many times. And most of those are available as free downloads on the website, Medjugorje.com. If you go to the left-hand menu, scroll down to the Downloads section, and uh, you'll see books, booklets, uh, prayer cards, etc. And uh, those are free downloads for you uh, to make it available to you. And you can, in turn, uh, make those available to others, print those out, send those to your friends. Uh, the purpose is to get the message out. So, again, those are made available for you. Also, July 1st through the 5th, five days of prayer with Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje, here at Caritas, Alabama, uh, when Maria Lunetti, visionary from Medjugorje, will be here uh, she will, um, Maria has been to our founder's home many times uh, since 1988, and uh, with a close uh, relationship uh, that they have, Our Lady continues to come and continues to bless all those who come to be in her presence. So uh, July 1st through the 5th, those are days that you do not want to miss. Uh, and then uh, the second of the month, of course, is this Sunday, and so we'll be uh, broadcasting on Monday uh, Monday afternoon or Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Time on uh, Medj.com. We've given the strength 
to our enemy is to be able to buy targets, billions of rounds of ammunition, to pass laws and executive orders of a tyrannical nature. They didn't have that, except that we gave it to them. That's where you have to start. If you're not willing to do that, everything's over for us. I'm not painting a hopeless message, but one of hope. It's Our Lady, and that's why she's here. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.